This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. This podcast was recorded before we learned of the passing of Cliff Simon, who played one of Stargate's most beloved villains, Ball. I know I can speak for Michael when I say he will be missed. I'm Brad Wright, co-creator of all those Stargate television shows and creator of Travelers on Netflix, which is a show you should watch if you haven't seen it yet. You're listening to my podcast, Conversations in Sci-Fi, a production from The Companion. Welcome to my first interview with my very special guest, Michael Shanks. Michael and I were lucky enough to have spent a giant chunk of our adult lives in a show called Stargate, where he breathed life into the character of Daniel Jackson, and I typed a bunch of what he said. Michael went on to star in Saving Hope, Walter Carbon, Rob Cooper's Unspeakable, and a whole bunch of other stuff. From The Companion, this is my conversation with my friend, Michael Shanks. A quick note before we begin. If you enjoy this podcast and you're a big Stargate fan, you're going to want to listen to the full 70-minute conversation for members only. Brad and Michael share more stories working with Richard Dean Anderson, the struggle and success of their careers now, and how Brad helped Michael grow as an actor. Today, all new memberships will go towards supporting a really special charity, Special Effect, who help disabled children play video games. Click on the link below, donate, and receive three months free to The Companion. Enjoy the conversation. It's funny how you go online and people talk about Stargate, and, and I don't know about you, but every time they mention a show or, or an episode, I go, ah, oh, that one. Right. And it's something, something back from 1997, or definitely something I had nothing to do with, uh, because uh, I, wasn't, uh, I didn't get to write them all. I did get to write all of uh, the, the last show I did, and it's way harder. So I don't regret you know, having a ton of writers or having a team of writers. Right. But those were good times. We don't, don't we, don't we always seem to get asked questions about like, it's always in the first two seasons and never, and, and it's not like they're, they're sitting there going, so Torment of Tantalus, what was that, you know, that, what was that like? What was King Curtis like and all this other stuff? It's always Hathor oh. or the First Commandment or, or. I mean, people don't come up to me and ask questions because I don't do conventions. Right. I would. I, I mean, I don't get asked, but, uh, and I think it's because fans don't like to think it was written. Right. You know, they want to meet you. They yeah, want no, to meet of course, they, they relate to the people that they see on the screen as well. And so those of are the people that they see. But, you know, I think, you know, I think the people, <laughs> you know, the people who know the show best would be very good guests at these things to describe, you know, the, the comings and goings and how things actually happen. Well, I don't know if I know it best anymore because it's not like, uh, I bet there's fans who've seen it far more recently than I have. Uh, uh, I did a, a companion quiz about early Stargate, about Stargate in general. And uh, I got a, I think I got a, like a C. And I, I thought I would, <laughs> I thought I would do better than that. I guess it's because I haven't seen pretense since 1997. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, Browder, Ben Browder, when he came aboard, which was, you know, far more recent. That was like... That was only a mere, a mere 15 years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, at least I have a stronger memories of 15 years ago. But he said, he sat down and, and, and he said, I'm going to watch them all. And I went, no, 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 let me give you a list. Let, 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 let's yeah, give yeah. you a list of one. You know, no, 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 I think I should see it all. And I went, well, I want you to do the show. So <laughs> let me give you a list. <laughs> No, 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 I want to see the, I want to see warts and all. I want to see the good ones and the bad ones. 
Okay. <laughs> See, my, one of the things I remember from back, you know what I really remember? And, and I remember your, your shivering face from the first day of shooting. And, and it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's like that right now outside. It was, this is when we started shooting. It was a day like today. It was bloody freezing and it was a disaster. Day one was a complete disaster. It was I don't think, was there even a shred of film that we used for that? That was, it was well, the, there, the, the, your coverage on the whole Trulac scene had a giant scratch right down the whole film roll. And like all of that, so we couldn't use it. No, 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 no. It was, it was fine. I remember going, can't we save this? Can't we, can't we fix this somehow? And they said, uh, no, 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 you know, we have to place it together again. And it's like very expensive. And I went, oh, shit, okay. And then years later, remember, I did, a, I did another cut. I did the final cut thing, mainly because, well, I, that was motivated for two things. One, I wanted to just use Joel's music because the original pilot had this mash of his music with the original featured, like, <laughs> it was like both scores playing at once at some point. It was, it was awful. And there was a, a few lines of dialogue that I wanted to excise. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and Brad Ryans, you, you remember Brad, he... Uh, he went back and edited it from the from the beginning. He went back to the original dailies and and there and I said, look up the the B roll because I, I, re, I remember there being a whole camera roll that was scratched and they they saved it and it was like eleven dollars because of the digital you know it was nothing you just right, right, repaired right. it it's more than eleven dollars but uh, <laughs> that's in that cut I, you probably never saw that cut why would you I, no I think I did because I, I I wanted to I think I did I think I I, don't know, yeah. I think I only watched it once. But um, I did want to see because I, I I mean I, I certainly knew some of the stuff that you wanted to part with, which was you know yeah. pretty <laughs> pretty easy to, to to tell. Although mm-hmm. I saw your reaction on Twitter when um, um, it launched on Netflix US. Oh right, right, that was really recent. Yeah, yeah. And people were complaining about the yeah 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 the stuff, and yeah, and it was a very very valid point that hey. Why do we even still have this cut? Why is this still a thing? Well, I, I, it's not even that I was a prudent, or, or it's just that it wasn't the show we were making or the no. show we were planning to make. It wasn't and the show. Uh, that, it wasn't. There wasn't any of that in the movie. What are, are no. we? Are, yeah, like no. it's kind of. It's a little odd. It's because it was Showtime. It's because we yeah. could. Yeah. And they and they went well. I'll give us something. Jerry Offset. Do you remember Jerry? Jerry. He was the the president of Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Actually, he was a great guy. I pitched, Jonathan and I went into pitch SG-1 uh, at Showtime. And, uh, you know, I, I'm doing my whole, it's like the NASA astronauts program at the beginning. And because that was, that was the thought I had. And, uh, you know, civilians and, and, and military going together. And I'm, I'm halfway through my pitch and the fire alarm goes off in the building. And I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, Jerry goes, how much is the fine? to his assistant and uh and, and she goes sir we have to leave the building he goes oh god the boy's talking and i and and uh and and, and so we have to leave we all get out i'm like oh this is great i'm halfway through him and we you know we go down the stairs or down the elevator i can't remember which and we're all in our mystery area in the parkade and and jerry was is is uh six four and i'm not as you know and um and we're all pressed closely together and i'm basically looking right up his nose and he looks down at me and he goes Okay, go on. So I finished, <laughs> I, I finished the pitch in the parkade. Oh, man. Thank God it got picked up. And then when we were done, I think we're going to go back upstairs. I think we're going to go back and I'm going to talk some more. And he goes, no, 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 I've heard enough. That was good. That was good. And I think, did, did we sell it? And, and Poncho Munsfield, who was his right-hand man, said, you did good. And that's, yeah. So it was sold in a, during a fire alarm in a parkade. 
as the town car pulls up. No, we don't need to see any. We don't need to hear anymore. Oh, God. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that story could have easily gone another way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and has in my career. You know, there's, there's times. <laughs> it's pitching is hard, man. That's one of the beauties of uh, show going as long as, as it did. You don't have to pitch nearly as often <laughs> i mean i after starting it I, you fly down and well it's like auditioning i mean same thing how many auditions do you have for everyone you get do you remember the do you remember your audition for stargate which one? <laughs> oh, okay the, the the final one the final one uh, the, the the screen test one well I, re- I remember i remember the overall experience but i i get uh because mine went over two days right because I did the first day with uh, when uh, Amanda and Chris were part of the group that was there and Rick was there. And then I, I guess that they wanted to look at a couple other guys, Peter and some of Peter Outerbridge and somebody else. Yeah. So, I, so I came back in the next day, which was, I mean, I, listen, I hadn't done it a lot. I hadn't spring tested a lot. It was just to go through that, that stressful day, you know, not being used to it. And then say, they come out and you're like, oh, what are you going to say? And they say, come back tomorrow. I, I remember what happened. I, I think I've told you this. What, what happened was uh, the MGM thought you were too young. And I, I've told you this. And they said, yeah. uh, and, and, and I said, yeah, but he's the best. Well, he's so young. How's he going to know 26 languages? And I went, I, I promise you one thing, and that is he will get older. And this, <laughs> you know, I mean, that will happen. <laughs> and you were, I mean, Peter is a great actor, but you were Daniel. I mean, you were terrific, and 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 your your performance as Daniel morphed from the beginning of season one to the beginning uh, to the end of season one quite a bit, but it really changed in season two. Like you, that's when you completely own the character. Do, do you feel that way? Um. Well, again, going back in time, I mean, I I do know. I, I certainly remember that. You know, when I first auditioned for it, that it was clear what voice you know you, you wanted to hear what voice the yeah. you know it was written you guys did a great job of writing the character the exact way he was written in the feature with every almost every nuance and pause in there so i was like okay i'm just gonna do this because this seems yeah. to make sense and it seems to sound right and i can go back and look at the tape to see if this is you know if i'm on the right track but yeah i think that i think probably i can't say exactly how much was conscious at that point but I do remember when we got picked up for another two seasons, like halfway through season one, which was already crazy. I mean, never mind by today's standards, by any standard, like to have two seasons right out of the shoot and of 44 episodes. Are you kidding me? And to have, and then it was 88. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, I, I've been, I'm going, I, I thought maybe I'd be doing this for a year or two and moving on. And now it's like, this is, this is a career right now. I got to go make this my own somehow. But I think, you know, you got me a lot of leeway to change certain things, you know, like allergies and uh, things like that, that, that were a little bit, um, you know, bothersome. Yeah, I think you said, I think they have, don't they have medicine for that now? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think too, I think was, you did Hamlet, you did Hamlet and it was something you always wanted to do. And it was very freeing and it changed your, you changed your hairstyle for that. Right. And then, and then I know this may be facile, but when you, I think just looking at you because of the hair, your hair was different. Daniel was different at, to a certain extent because you started, you know, the changes that you were making showed up, but yeah. you know, writing you, I have written you more recently to, to tease that. I got to say how easy it is when you're, when you're writing a familiar character, when you're writing a character you've written 10,000 lines for, because right. I, and I hear, because I can hear your voice. 
very, very right. clearly when I'm typing. And, and uh, you know, sorry for all the words, but uh, <laughs> you can do it. So it's your fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> I used to say that to Amanda, too. I know you get all the, you know, uh, Rick had a two-inch rule in, the, in a script if it was, yeah. Because because you can do it because you could you could you know you know eat a eat into a character and eat into a rich monologue and 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 with a lot of speed and and uh, and believability. Whoa! Did Brad just tease he's been writing something for Michael recently? Hopefully, you see where this is going. But first, I wanted to quickly explain how listening to the full seventy-minute interview will help a great charity we're working with called Special Effect. During the next 24 hours, we at The Companion are raising money to help young people with disabilities play video games. The special effect charity used technology ranging from modified joypads to eye control to put fun and inclusion back into the lives of people with disabilities. We've seen how by leveling the playing field, special effect can bring friends and families together, which has a profound positive impact on therapy, confidence, and rehabilitation. Help special effect by donating any amount for a three month membership and hear the entire 70-minute conversation and access a hundred of our other Stargate and sci-fi stories. That's right. Any amount you can afford will make a difference. Click the link below, donate, and get three months to the companion. Thanks. Now back to Brad and Michael. Did I ever tell you where the speed came from? Did you ever hear that no. story? Because no. I didn't. I kind of didn't realize it until later. It was, I think, it was either in the first or second season when, you know, especially when we would get the, the white page drafts and stuff like that, and there'd be sometimes really long swaths of speech that were probably there more as, you know, pseudo stage directions for the reader than they were necessarily, you know, for the, for the they were all going to make the cut is my point. Um, and that then happens I, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And so what, what happened was I, I would memorize it all and go through it and try and sort of like, you know, be a little bit actory and probably do it, you know, you know, wank basically uh, as, as young actors kind of do and and then we, then you guys of course would cut like you you, you trim you'd, you'd get rid of it because you know this is a freaking action show you know it's not um story time and um and i i, I used to look at that and go son of a bitch, i've memorized all that all of it's gone i'm gonna i'm gonna fit it in <laughs> uh, i recognize the, the, you know it was, it was a time thing so if i just picked up the pace of it all that you know, I get to include all the, the speech that I'd worked on. And then I think I started, you know, going into hyperspace and then you guys either started to write more or realize that there was more room to write more or something. Talk really fast. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, that's part of it, but, 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 you know, the other thing is when you get a cut and well, you know, this obviously you, it's, you have 44, 19, right. Including the credits. Yeah. You, you know, and so you see as you, if you can cut something, well, that's always, that's a good rule anyway. If you can come some, cut something and it doesn't hurt the movie, you should cut yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. Unless it's a four and a half hour superhero movie. But, uh... <laughs> Unless it's a $20 million action sequence and then, God damn, don't cut that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, also, you know, we're better now. I, I'm a, I hope I'm a better writer now than I was when you were getting all those speeches and, and you can get, you can get the information out in a different way. Like this, if there's one thing television actors don't get to do very often, and that, that is to really do a scene, like to really act in a scene where they're, 
where they're going, they're going somewhere. They're not just going, Hey, or look out <laughs> and, and, uh, are running through trees, which we, good, good <laughs> Lord knows. Uh, it never started by the way, as running through trees. We always, you know, had other things in, in our minds. It's just when we went looking for a location, well, I guess there's that area over there with the trees because we couldn't, we couldn't have city in the background. We couldn't have, I mean, in the children of the gods, I, you know, I wanted to do it in the mountains with snow because, you know, it was the opposite of desert. That's, and we had it. Not in a million years. Not in a million years. But no, I loved it. You're right. And I love writing that stuff. I love writing a, a good two-hander that goes somewhere, that, that gives an opportunity for an actor to sink their teeth into it. Especially when the actor can do it, you know? Like Lifeboat. You remember Lifeboat? I do. I made you I play do. 27 characters. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you're happy about that or not in retrospect. No, I, was, I, I adored the opportunity. That's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, but you don't, and I take it as a compliment because you don't do that for everybody. You just don't. You don't write that part because you, it eventually ends up on film and you air it. And if it isn't going to be, if you are not really, really sure it's going to be really, really good, you don't do it. Or at least you learn eventually over your career as a show <laughs> not to do that. Because there's sometimes, there's sometimes you do something and you just go, oh my God, what have I done? Oh no, but, I was, uh, I was, I was very appreciative of, of, of that opportunity. Um, I'd also had the benefit of the year before I did like a TV movie and a, a, the gal in it who was kind of the, the central character, but not necessarily the lead character, she got cast the day before. And she was playing this, this, this you know, schizophrenic that had like, you know, five different personalities. And she literally had gotten the audition, done the audition, with you know three scenes in tow, and then got the part, and now she's got a day to prep six different characters that she's supposed oh to play. Oh my god! It oh was and I, I, I was absolutely I, I was mortified for. Her. I was like, because I watched her struggling with these things, and then and so when this came up, strangely enough, um, when when um, um, this, I saw the script, I was like, oh my god, what a great! And I went, okay, get to work now find some characters, you know, uh, because I can see where this is, you know, could, where I've seen the danger of where it could land. Cause that, that poor girl, I think she kind of made herself sick. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember the, the most fun of that one after, cause it was, it, 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 there was a lot of material there and, and in the editing room, we, you know, the conversations basically back and forth between yourself. Right. You know, with the quick cuts, that was fun. I will not surrender this body, not at any cost. It is mine! It's never asked to take If you save anyone, you will save me! The people of Talthus will die. Let them! Yeah, Rob gave you a lot of good, fun stuff to do in Unspeakable, too. He did, and then that's where I learned, um, um, and this is, this is now a, a, a forewarned, be forewarned, is that um, uh, after doing a medical show, which I'd done for, for five years previous to that, and doing a sci-fi show, he decided to take the two and almost mash them and... Give Lars, yeah. and my brain apparently doesn't hold as well as it did before. So I was literally, I had notes on legal pads and on my hands and all this stuff because I was using, I was uh, referencing things that were not just science, but science I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't really know much about beforehand. Right. And um, and he would, but he would give me the big swaps of of dialogue to say, and that was what. Literally, he he watched me just blackout on camera more than a few times because I was just going, it's not there anymore. I used to have like a little click, but it didn't, wasn't there. You know, it's, it's funny. People don't understand how difficult uh, acting is 
because it isn't just the lines. It's the intent. It's, it's what, what it means. I think the most fun I had on Stargate was Continuum. We had fun on that. The, oh, the yeah, movie yeah. We did. Oh, that was a great time. And I remember saying, uh, so, or asking, do you want to go to the Arctic? And you basically went, oh, God, no. <laughs> is, that, is that what the, i don't remember why but i remember okay i have to, I have to come up with the reason michael doesn't want to doesn't uh daniel doesn't go to the well no it, I, the it wasn't that i did you were working I did, or something i was working on um 24 right right, right, and, right, they, right. And, and they had me um it, the, the nature of the show which i kind of didn't i mean i should have expected i didn't really expect was they didn't tell you what was going to happen or how many episodes you were in because of the right, way right. That they shoot it so it was just I think like, I think what I'm remembering is do you miss do you miss that you went and you said God no. Yeah, I didn't yeah, to go that, that's absolutely the answer. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's it. Right. No, you were working, you were doing 24. Anyway, so I had to figure out a way that you went, but but didn't do the Arctic scene. So I cut your leg off. Yep. <laughs> How uh necessity leads to uh, writer's invention, right? And it was the you best put, thing. The best thing I got to do during that show was to play that whole bit, strangely oh, enough. Oh, that, that, no, it was great. And that goodbye, and it was the first time the word shit was said in Stargate. Yeah. And it was because you were alone and you were dying, and of course. On camera. And, on, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, I, I suspect it was said a few other times. <laughs> the things we could have said. Daniel, Daniel was like the Kenny of, uh, <laughs> oh, you killed Daniel again. I'll never forget when we were on the plane that first time heading down to Santa Monica, you passed me the, the teaser trailer for uh, Fire and Water. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and just, the, just, just the teaser and then hand it back. I'm like, okay. And you're like, good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't you totally did it that. On you. No, you did. You did say later in the flight. You did say, "Don't worry, you live," or something to that effect. But, I must. But, I'm sure I sent that. I'm sure I said that at the very beginning. I would never have said that. <laughs> what an asshole! If I did that, holy cow! Well, you did it with a big smile. I didn't think. I, I thought I was. You knew you were lying. Yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't watched much of Altered Carbon uh, because uh, I was jealous of their money. Uh, right. We we were shooting Travelers uh, in the post office. Uh, in uh, downtown Toronto, which was fabulous, great experience because we were downtown and we could shoot downtown scenes without having to bring a crew there. We just go to the corner of the building and shoot a scene. It was amazing. Right. But um, Altered Carbon had these massive, gigantic, expensive sets, mm -hmm. uh, that, and I was just so much money. They had they had the, the, whatever it used to, used to be some sort of um, I guess it was a newspaper out in um, North Delta. Yeah, uh, I saw it. And they basically, every floor was a different set. And the whole building was just for that one production. I've never, I've never been, I've, I've been in, even when I did Elysium, which was a $100 million feature and, and yeah. Red Riding Hood and stuff like that, where I've seen a little bit more money kicking around. I'd never seen anything like this for, especially for TV. And um Yeah, uh, Lennick, uh, John Lennick, uh, who uh, we've both known for, Years and years and years. He he took me on a tour of those sets, and uh, oh, he did. I was well. The season one, apparently, they built all new sets for season two, which is what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I just kept going, money, money. I mean, we did. I, 
by by the end of Stargate, uh, we were we had a, a pretty decent budget, but my God, at the beginning we had we had nothing. I I remember episode one after Children of the Gods. I wrote one of those small shows, uh, which uh, because I knew who we, I knew we had gone over on the pilot. I knew we were going to go more over. So I said, let's not dig a hole. Let's try to let's write a small show right off the the get go. And it, it, we never left the standing sets, and we still went hundred thousand dollars over budget. And I went, this is a problem. <laughs> wait, <laughs> if wait, I can't wait. write a cheap show where we're just chatting in the sets and that we're not even, you know, doing visual effects or going outside on locations, we don't have enough money to make the show. And I was waving my red flag, uh, which, and I, and I think I had been doing too much red flag waving, like about the nudity and other things. Um, and, and it was like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then, you know, the show just started going over budget, over budget, over budget, even though we were just running through the trees. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, you know, Finally, they they figured out. Okay, I guess I guess they're right, and uh, and so by the end, we were doing pretty good. We we had we had some stuff. I mean, we got Continuum. We built a giant ship. We that was a movie, of course, but we built spaceships. When both shows shared those spaces, we had yeah. so many. I mean, that 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 in um, nine and ten, that village that we built yeah. um, in what was the? I mean, what, fact, what an incredible set. I mean, we had an incredible set. I was, I was always amazed at our sets. I mean, even any season, the fact that we had, like, just the ziggurat one from the tomb, and like yeah. the fact that it was a one-off that we were going to take this and knock it down. Yeah, Who I does know. That, right? What show I does know. that? Well, I, I, uh, yeah, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit much, and we didn't light it enough so that we were going through tunnels that were too dark. Right. Uh, and I was like, we built this. And we can barely see it because we have like one line. It was great. That was a good episode, Paul and Joe. But yeah, we, we did some pretty ambitious stuff for us. We, we did that one. Uh, we submerged a bunch of stuff. We froze a bunch of stuff. We refrigerated oh, yeah. sets. It was fun. But when you did the one, yeah, that's right. You guys did the one where, you, where, where the ship went into the water or something like that. And people were swimming yeah. around. And, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there yeah, was always, was there was always, that was the best. You know what? The best thing about that show ever and especially after doing so much other TV in other places now was that that show really was like, you know, a box of chocolates that you didn't, you didn't know what you were going to get. And it was always going to be something fun or different because it was, we had to be different. You know, we were just, the nature of the show just lent itself to doing something different the next week that was completely on its head from the previous. Well, what we did, what we did, what we kept doing uh, in the writer's room, because, you know, after rap, we would just continue coming to work and, and start writing the next season. And what we would do is we would like every every time we created we built on our mythology we it would open a door and, and create another story opportunity, and so we stopped feeding upon the you know the stuff that we started with which is all the ancient Egyptian stuff and and it came back but but we started building in this new framework this new storytelling stuff so that the the lexicon of of what's in a Stargate. Uh, really quite was quite expansive by the end of season 10 <laughs> but i did an atlantis that was that was the big crossover one remember when you came to atlantis and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the pegasus project and I, I swear to god it was i was so schizophrenic at that time because i i couldn't i was like okay what show am i writing <laughs> well, i thought it was an atlantis episode 
And no, it's Stargate. I mean, I, I, there was times when, uh, when we were in the writers, because we did, when you were talking about both shows going on at the same time, oh my God, Michael, we, uh, Robert and I, and no. Paul and Joe were just, we were insane. How did, I don't know yeah. how we did it. We had one writer's room for two series. Well, never mind. I remember in season, in season eight, just as a production necessity, and this is where it went crazy town, is because we're doing season eight, Atlantis mm-hmm. is doing season one. Mm-hmm. And we're because of Rick's schedule and because of money, we're oh, doing right. bottle episodes where we're taking one character and they're doing an adventure on their own, sort of like, and we're shooting two at the same time. Yes. Um, and and so I didn't know sometimes whether I was on foot or horse. I couldn't imagine writing it. Well, um, th- this was the scheduling thing, and so and so not only we were making two shows at the same time, but we were making multiple episodes of those two shows at the same time. On any given day, we could be doing episode uh, uh, eight hundred one and eight hundred two and eight hundred seven, you know, pickups, and episode you know one hundred six of, of of Atlantis, all with the same nine sound stages. So look, <laughs> look, I mean, we were. That was crazy. I mean, and Robert and I would sort of fight over who gets the village, you know, like, well, I kind of really need it for this. Or, Rob, I can't, I can't shoot in the parking lot. I need, <laughs> I need it too. You know, we were fighting over, not fighting, but we were, you know, who gets deadless, you know, which became Odyssey or whenever, when it was, you know, we just changed the nameplate on the bridge. Uh, I remember we were, and, we, we did pickups for three shows in one yeah. day that were all in the gate room. Deloise was directing two of the shows. So he was directing two of the scenes. And I think Martin, because he's just one, but it might've been Andy. So Deloise, he's having, he's having to explain exactly why, why, because you're standing here and we're going, so what's coming through the gate now? Like, what are we waiting for? We, we literally needed like to be spoon fed who's coming through and why and what happened. And it was, it was, it was, it was so absurd because it, and he wouldn't, you know, with Peter, he wouldn't even want to, he only wanted to like juggle the, the, the marks because we we're already lit. So we'd say, okay, you two swap places. You go there, you go there. <laughs> I know. He was, he was actually pretty good at, at uh, uh, pulling shit. Because he would see, because he was also in the writer's wing a, a lot of times uh, with us uh, working on stories and uh, working his ass off, actually. And he would, he would know that we would be worried. I mean, we would write with budget in mind, right? That's, we would, you get X millions of dollars and it sounds like an enormous amount and it yeah. is but the reality is it costs this much just to open the front door right yeah, yeah, yeah. like we built a giant village and it, that sounded like a really great idea and i was all whoops and i'm very clever no we had to light it and lighting it what was was like you know now it's it's like insane how how lighting a massive and so you know we got smart and did a lot more at night and Joe was really smart and fogged it up once. <laughs> you know, we were changing various parts of that. It looked like it ended up looking like a Disneyland set. It ended up looking like you were walking through, you know, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean was over here and over here was. Uh, I love it. It was a great, I, I, I still have, that, that was, I think it's still one of my favorite sets of all time. Just, it was, it was wild. It was yeah. absolutely wild. And the Atlantis set was on the other half of that effect stage. And it was the Blade set, the, the set from the movie Blade. That's right. Which we bought, which we bought for $1. I know. And, and, and said, uh, and then we just started building inside it, filling it out because it was just no, you know, we were building the Atlantis set while we were writing the Atlantis pilot, while we were breaking 
SG-1 stories. We were in, there was one point, I think it was season one of uh, Atlantis, where I said, we were talking about an SG-1 story, and I said, what is, what, what is Taylor doing in this one? And Paul Molly, bless him, reach, gently out, reaches out and touches my arm, and he goes, that's the other show, Brad. <laughs> it was a general, genuine intervention moment. I was, like, really genuinely confused because I was overtired. And we all laughed our heads off, of course, but I, I, I was, I, yeah, it was, too, it was quite a lot. Right. Do you remember that one? What's the the crab people? The crab people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Foothold. 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 Yeah. That's, that's right. That's one of those ones. That's one of those ones where you 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 you're in the writers' room and you go, "Oh shit, can we do this? I think we can do this. I don't know. If we, I don't know if we could do this." And then you see the wardrobe and you go, "Holy shit!" Okay, Andy, over to you. Uh, it, it, it's it's pretty good. It's, it worked uh, out. I mean, there's other the, ones that are worse. The story of that was actually really good. Like the actual... Yeah. Drew, but it was, it was too th- ambitious. It was just too bloody ambitious. Well, the, the creatures themselves were the, were the, the, the sort of problem with it. Like, yeah. um, it's like the, the, the Ritu that we did. Brilliant, <laughs> but really expensive, right? And never seen again. I remember, I remember saying, to, that was a Jonathan show. And I remember going, we can't, there's no way. There's steps in no way. Well, sure, we can. And that's why they became invisible, right? That's what became invisible, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Necessity being the mother of invention, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. See, we could probably do that for about another hour is just go through individual episodes and go, oh, Jesus, remember that one? Oh, oh, boy. I, oof, oh, we could. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, every time, every time I, I started with this, every time... Uh, Somebody says, oh, yeah, yeah, that show. Yeah, I saw the one where, and I go, oh, God. yeah, yeah, no, I, that was not our finest hour. Did you see any other ones? No, just that one. Oh, good, thank you. But people yeah. dig them, man. Like, we, I remember when we were filming The Knox, and it was just, you know, rain cats and dogs the entire, we're up in, up like the Cleveland Dam, and it's just raining I remember, cats. and lightning struck, just, I, I saw the lightning strike, and I phoned, I can't remember, it was Martin, I guess, whoever the first AD was, might have been Andy. And I said, lightning is striking near the set. I could see it at my office window. It looked like it was going to be a disaster. These poor guys in their little pink outfits with their... Armin. Know, Armin. Armin Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah. Who was the director of that one? It wasn't Bill. Was it, it was Charlie? Bill. Charlie. That's who it was. Yeah. And um, uh, we thought this was going to be a disaster because we we're soaked to the skin. We didn't... There wasn't much... It's a good episode. ...action. We had Apophis wandering through the forest. People love that episode. People love that episode. Absolutely adore it. And I, yeah. I, I think I've watched it once in the last five years and went, no, nah, that's actually not too bad. I get, it's got a good heart. It's got a good heart to it, you know? The and, heart. And see, that'll yeah. save anything. Yeah, absolutely. Anything, I think anything with heart. And you could have all the bells and whistles and you could do anything. You could throw money at the screen and not have heart. And, and it's like people go, meh. Yeah. Because, because they've seen it. And that's 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 pretty much what what you know what I mean. Our show was not ever a huge huge hit in the grand scheme of things. We we did just good enough to stay on the air, which in some ways is the best you can hope for. Yeah. Because if a show gets too big, everybody goes, "Get me out of here! I want to go." Everybody just wants to move on. And we did our little we did our little show, uh, and and yet you know you can do big big giant shows, and they get one year. Yeah. You know because they lack that heart. They lack that you know. Characters that that audiences connect with. That's my number yep. one rule. That's my. I did an essay for the companion actually, um, 
uh, on rules. And, and I ended with that. That's my number one rule. If it doesn't have heart, whether it's in the, uh, in the performances in the, or in the writing, then there's, there's no point. Why, why tune in? You know, there's nothing like sitting down with an old friend and catching up on Zoom, then recording the whole thing for thousands of people to listen in. If you like that and would like to hear the other half of the conversation, check out the free trial membership on the Companion website at www.thecompanion.app. From The Companion, this is Episode 1 of Brad Wright's podcast, Conversations in Sci-Fi. If you want to listen to the full 70-minute conversation and get access to more great stories, click below, donate, and get three months of full access in return. You'll have heard The Companion has released Joe Malazzi's podcast, Gator's Gonna Rate, future conversations with Amanda Tapping, and many more in Stargate and science fiction. You get it all on a weekly basis as a member. One last call for the next 24 hours, we're running a donation drive to the special effect charity we mentioned earlier. Click below, donate, and get three months of the companion. You'll be helping a great cause while enjoying the highest quality content around. Thanks. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out because I'm going to share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic gators. I want to give you a chance to be a hero too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events. You won't want to miss this because it's not just a Stargate Masterclass. It's a Stargate Chief Master Sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked.